0: Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You just went and saw a brand new movie and it was awesome. What do you do now? Someone just made you the best Batch of cookies you've ever tasted, and they gave you the recipe. What do you do now? You just witnessed your favorite athlete set an all time record. What do you do now? Out of all three of these, based in pure joy and excitement. For what you have just experienced, you're likely gonna share it. You're gonna post it on social media. You're gonna bake somebody a batch of cookies. You're gonna pass it out. You're gonna say, Look at this. Now imagine this. You've just heard the best news that you could ever imagine. Jesus is real. He really lived, really died. He really forgives the sins of the brokenhearted. And through his resurrection, he has really promised that you can have life abundantly right now and life eternal. Simply out of pure joy and excitement, you would be compelled to share this with the world. But then just to make sure that you do it, Jesus has actually sent you into this world telling you that you must. He's commanded you even. You must go and tell the world about my love, about my forgiveness, lest they be condemned forever. What do you do now? Today is our final good word in this Good Words series. And this final good word is the word sent. Because sent is a good word. Sent is a good word because our God is a sending God. God sends people. He always has. He's a sending God. He sends people according to his purpose for his life-giving work. We read it in the Old Testament today. God sent Abram, and he said, Abram, pick up your family and move to a new land where I will make of you a great nation, and I will make you a blessing maker for generations to come. God later sent Moses to go to Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, let my people go out of slavery and into freedom. Later, God sent judges to fight on behalf of God's people and to drive back their enemies. Later, God sent kings to establish the nation in which God's word can be lived and proclaimed. Later, God sent prophets to proclaim the news of God's word to a nation that was falling far, far away from the truth. Later, God sent his very own son into this world to die on the cross in order to forgive sins and rise from the dead in order to give life eternal and life abundantly. God is a sending God. Throughout the Old Testament, continuously sending people for his life giving mission, and eventually sending his one and only Son, who came into this world that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, God did not send his Son into this world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Jesus was sent into this world not to condemn the world, but that the world, that all people could be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth in Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus came into the world. Jesus even speaks of it himself in Luke chapter 4. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Here Jesus is quoting from Isaiah 52 prior to the Suffering Servant Song. Here proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Here fulfilling what the Messiah was supposed to do. We just saw it a couple weeks ago when Pastor Kevin preached about cleansing. He taught to us about the story of the leper, the man who was an outcast of society, whom Jesus reached out and touched and cleansed from leprosy, and that man's life was redeemed and restored, and he was welcomed back into the community. And you know what he did after that? He went and he told everybody There's another story of a demon-possessed man whose life was afflicted from the time of birth with demonic possession. An outcast of society. People thought he was weird. They stayed away from him. And Jesus cast out that demon, giving the man a new lease on life, freed from that oppression. And guess what the man did? He told everybody... Jesus performed miracle upon miracle, and he performed the greatest miracle that the world has ever seen. He rose from the dead. Friends, this is no small detail. Maybe if you grew up in the Christian church, it feels like, yeah, 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 Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead. Imagine if you were one of his friends, And you spent years with him and then you saw him breathing his last breath on a cross, being executed as the worst kind of criminal, and there he died. And you freaked out. And three days later, he showed up to you and he said, peace be to you. I'm not a ghost. Look. Touch see, give me some food, I'm hungry. And you ate with him and you talked with him and you spent time with him. You better believe those disciples were hanging on every word that Jesus said at that point because their Savior was alive, risen from the dead. And Jesus said this to them and it caught their ears. Our key verse for today As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. Jesus was sent into this world, and now Jesus sends you into this world. We read today... Our second lesson was from Romans chapter 10. I'm throwing a lot of Bible passages at you here today. You can write this stuff down. You can take pictures of the screen. Please do. I don't want you to forget this stuff. Romans chapter 10. Here the Apostle Paul was speaking about how convicted he was that the people of God must both believe in their hearts that Jesus lived and died and rose again but they must also confess it with their lips. He says this, the word is near you, it's in your heart, and it's in your mouth. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Do you hear this is twofold? Believe in your heart and confess with your lips. Believe and confess, they go together. And then he continues on. I skipped a little bit here, but verse 13, the Apostle Paul says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Friends, you're sitting in a church today, a Christian church. I think the vast majority of you here today have Jesus in your hearts. You believe him believe in his word i ask you do you confess him with your lips openly honestly continuously over and over again do you the average church-going american according to a study by the barna group has two or less conversations about faith a year with a non-believer Do you believe it? Do you confess it? Jesus says you must. And what a great gift. He says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a great gift. What a great invitation. But how? How will they know unless you and I go? How will they hear? Unless we speak. How did you come to the place that you can call upon the name of the Lord to find salvation? How'd you get here? Somebody told you about Jesus. Who are you going to tell? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how will they know? How, how? Paul even asks this question. The next verse, Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15, he says this. Now, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And that doesn't just mean a pastor standing in a pulpit. And how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Now, if you don't want to take Paul's word for it, that we're commissioned and called to go and bring God's word into this world, that we have been sent by the authority of Jesus, well, then look at Jesus' words. I'm going to give you three. You should write these down. Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus says you have to go. He also says in Mark 16, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Is it clear, Jesus Sends his people with a commission to go and make disciples, to teach what's been taught, to live as it's been lived for us. You have beautiful feet. You have beautiful feet, Paul says. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. I don't care if you have bunions. I don't care if you have calluses. I don't care if you have high arches. I don't care if you're missing toenails or entire toes. I don't care if you have hobbit feet. You have the capacity to have beautiful feet. Beautiful feet to carry the beautiful news of life and salvation and Jesus to a hurting and lost world. This world is hurting and lost without Jesus. Jesus. You might feel that the world is hostile and angry. I think the world's hurting and lost. The world's like a stray dog. A stray dog who you try to approach and it's skittish. And it snaps at you and it barks and it it runs away. It doesn't know how to interact with you because it's never experienced true love and care. The world is hurting and lost. Our hearts should break. We should be moved. Our guts should be moved with compassion for those who are far from Jesus, not condemning them, but proclaiming life and salvation in Jesus Christ our Lord. How will they know if we don't go? How will they hear if we don't speak? You want to have beautiful feet? Proclaim Jesus. Because if you don't, your feet will stink. And your friends will end up in hell. And nobody wants that. You don't want that? Jesus doesn't want that? Your friends, I tell you, they don't want that. So Jesus says, proclaim the good news. Proclaim the good news of life and salvation in Jesus. There is urgency in this commission that Jesus has given to us. It is not your responsibility to convict them or to convince them to believe, but simply proclaim life and salvation in Jesus Christ and let Jesus take care of the rest. So how do we do this practically? Maybe you're wondering that. Maybe you're saying, I understand I'm sent, but I have no idea what to do. You have been sent into this world to both disciple and evangelize. Let me explain. You have been sent into this world with a commission to make more disciples, to disciple other people. This means, practically speaking, working with someone who already believes in Jesus, but is young, maybe young in age or young in the faith, but somebody who's hungry and curious to learn more not just about the Bible, but about how to live according to God's word, to actually put it into practice. And so you can make that investment in someone else. Maybe it's a young person in this church, or somebody who's young in the faith. Maybe you've got a coworker who's a Christian person, but loosely affiliated and is asking questions about the faith but has no accountability, you can make an investment in them and meet regularly together to read Scripture and pray and encourage one another in this disciple-making task. You have also been called to evangelize, sent to evangelize. Evangelize, you can think of this as bringing the good news of Jesus to people who don't know him yet. The word evangelize comes from a Greek word that literally means good news. So evangelism is literally bringing good news of Jesus to people who don't know the good news but need some good news in their lives. And so Christian people should be involved in both these tasks at all times, both discipling, raising people up, and evangelizing all at the same time. Now, if you don't know how to do any of this, Again, if you're thinking, I love the concept, but I don't know what to do, pay attention. Over the next couple of months, we're going to be creating uh, some some new discipleship and evangelism learning opportunities. We've done this in the past. We're going to be creating some new opportunities in the coming months. So this is just an open invitation. Please pay attention. But if this is piquing your interest right now, or you're saying, Pastor, I've got somebody in my life that I want to disciple. I've got somebody in my life that I want to talk to about Jesus, but I don't know how don't wait, reach out to me and I'll resource you and I'll help you out, okay? Now in this sermon series that we've had, in this good words sermon series, we've given you practical good words to speak. This was the goal, that these would be words and concepts that are always in front of you at some point. Marriage and life and property and all this stuff. So These are right in front of you. So, as you engage in conversations about these things, you now know how to talk about Jesus in connection with that thing. You can do discipleship and evangelism with basic words and concepts like that. That's why we did this for you. I want to close with one last word for you. Because as you go out into this world, as you've been sent, I want you to know that you are not alone. Jesus did not say, go, and then he sat back and he goes, huh, now let's just see how this goes. (laughs) Jesus said, I'm with you always. Jesus has sent you with his spirit. The power of the spirit is within you. In our key verse for today, after the resurrection of Jesus, let me bring it back up on the screen and put the Next verse on here. Jesus said this, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. In the Greek language that this was written in, the word spirit is also the same word as breath. Breath and spirit are the same word. In the Greek language, it's the word pneuma, but spelled P-N-E-U-M-A. Do you know this word, pneuma? Like, what's that disease? Pneumonia that you get in your lungs? Breath? So what is Jesus saying here? He's breathing on them the spirit. Jesus breathed on them the Spirit. And so the Spirit of the living God has also been breathed into His people through the waters of baptism and through your confession of faith. The Spirit of the living God is in you. He is in you. That same Spirit the disciples had is in you. In you. The spirit of the living God is in you, going before you, coming after you, all around you, speaking words out of your mouth that you did not even know you had the capacity to say. That is the spirit of the living God. Do me a favor as we wrap up this sermon here today. Would you take a deep breath in? You literally just breathed in life, right? Life. You breathed it in. Over and over again, every day, you breathe in life. Every time you take a breath, I want you to consider that you are breathing in the life of Jesus Christ. You are breathing in the power of the Holy Spirit. That Spirit is moving into the depths of your body, into your heart, and onto your lips, and in your feet. The Holy Spirit is moving and active. Now breathe out. Maybe you have to breathe in to, in order to breathe out. Go ahead. Breathe out. And as you breathe out, you breathe out life. You breathe out words of life. May every word that you speak be a word of life. May every word that you speak be a good word. May every word that you speak encourage and fill people with hope and joy and excitement and the passion and life of Jesus Christ. You go from this place as people sent by Jesus. With the power of the Holy Spirit, you have beautiful feet. Go, in his name. Amen.